Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And today we are so excited that finally our girl Lindsay House is in the house. (laughs) She was one of the first COVID vaccine injured people that we actually were connected to and got to start following her story. And just it was a continued validation that the hunches that we had had and the rumors that we were hearing, the stories that were being suppressed were, in fact, true stories. And then along came Brie Dressen that we were introduced to. I think the first time I heard about Brie was when she testified with Senator Ron Johnson. But I knew that she was also connected to Lindsay because there is now a community of vaccine injured people. There has been since early on, and you're gonna hear that today. And there's several reasons we have wanted to have these these ladies on with us, and we've just gotten our, our schedules connected. But one, it's Vaccine Injury Awareness Month right now, the month of October. So no better time to bring into your awareness just how prevalent vaccine injury really is and has been particularly with this COVID-19 vaccine. And I know we're going to talk about this some because I know Brie can speak to this. When you were of the impression and the mindset and you bought into the dogma and you had this ideology that the government didn't lie to you and that science mattered and studies matter. And if the experts say you can trust that, we all at some point in our life, I think we've all been there where my doctor said the CDC says, right, they were considered the experts. If you're of that mindset today, I pray to God that today is the day that you see there is more to these stories and that it is so imperative that you now know. Because just yesterday in my front yard, a neighbor rolls up and starts to tell me the story. She had a stroke not long after her third COVID shot. Her husband got cancer that they could not determine where it came from right after the third shot. Her daughter, her son-in-law, and their three kids all had blood issues, blood clots, or long-term illness after getting their shots. And it took all of that, all of that, for them to go, oh, this is not good, and to have regret. So we understand it is hard sometimes to accept that this is the truth, but we are sitting here today to tell you it is. You need to know, and you need to make sure other people know, because these shots are still being made available. They're still pushing this. Look at the the director of the CDC still being pushed. We need to be sure. Two things. One, you know, don't get another one. And two, that there is justice for what has been done to people all over the globe. And the the players who knew because they knew 
Mm-hmm. They knew the they players knew. involved pay for what they've done. Great. All right, Bree. So you, because we know your time's limited. So you tell us your story. What happened to you? So, um, well, thanks for having me. You guys are, you know, a really incredible bunch of truth tellers. And I really, you know, appreciate you guys taking the time to meet with us and, and give us, you know, a, a little bit of your, your platform. Um, so yeah, I'm Brianne Dressen. I'm a previously healthy mother of two young kids. I was a preschool teacher. I was all in on the narrative. Um, we did the social distancing. We did the masks. I bought, um, or not, I didn't buy, but I rounded up over a thousand N95 masks for the hospitals when they had their shortage. Um, we took in a ton of supplies down to the COVID or to the Navajo reservation where I live. Um, cause they were inundated with COVID. Um, I wanted to do my part, uh, to make sure that I was, you know, protecting those around me, my family members, my, my friends, um, those that I love and value that work in the healthcare system. I didn't want to overburden the healthcare system anymore. So with that, when it came to tracking the COVID vaccines, I was all in, I was all in on monitoring the, the science, the clinical trial progress and everything in between. Right. So. When I did that, we ended up, uh, there's an angry child in my basement. So, <laughs> so when we, when we did that, um, you know, it happens, there's an adult with them. So, uh, so they're safe. They're safe. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so there's a, it's, it was kind of interesting because my husband's a scientist. So we, we, wholeheartedly believe in the scientific process and the importance of people participating in that process. Um, So it really was not a question at all of if I was going to participate, I felt honored. I felt privileged to be able to participate in a clinical trial for the COVID vaccines uh, because the, you know, the narrative at that time was super, super, super strong with this is going to get us all out of the pandemic and get us back to normal life. Right. And so I was like, yeah, I'll be part of that process. So I signed up and um, they did a really thorough, you know, background on me. Um, They wanted to know every physical ailment I had ever had since the day I was born. And I was an ideal candidate for the study. So on November 4th, 2020, election day, um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I got my, yeah, election year is what that ended up being election month. But I got my one and only um, dose of AstraZeneca, um, here in the United States. And my reaction started within an hour and I had Mm. tingling down the same arm as my shot later that night, my vision had become blurred and double. And I was watching TV with my husband instead of one TVs. There were two vertical. Mm. It was really not normal. Um, and sound had become distorted. So I ended up, uh, um, telling my husband something wasn't right. The next day I got up to get ready for work and my left leg was slumped and I was walking into the left doorways was always to the left. So I went to work at my preschool and, um, yeah, that was the last day that I taught the kids voices were just too loud, but it was really just my sensitivity to sound just ramped up as the day went on. 
And by the end of the class period, I had the lights off in the classroom, the kids parked in front of a learning channel, and I was holed up in a corner waiting for the parents to come get them. So two and a half weeks later, I ended up in the hospital. My legs weren't working. Um, I had become incontinent, and um, the sensitivity to light and sound had become so severe. My kids couldn't touch me. I couldn't tolerate running water, like the sound of running water. I couldn't tolerate the sound of my dog panting. Um, even my dog's tail wagging was too much to look at. Um, my heart rate was super high, um, ex- extremely high blood pressure. Um, I did the the tremors and the you know the serious fasciculations. My limbs just were not functioning right. So after three days in intensive medications um, where they had to monitor my heart rate and everything to make sure they didn't kill me with the drugs that I was on. Um, they came in my room and told me, you know, COVID is a really stressful time. So we think you just got really, really freaked out by COVID and overwhelmed. And, and we think you just kind of went and got this vaccine and that pushed you over the edge and you just had a mental breakdown. Oh, so I was discharged from the Mm -hmm. hospital because my legs weren't working and I was peeing my pants uh, with a diagnosis of anxiety due to the COVID vaccine. Um, And I was sent home with intensive in-home physical and occupational therapy to rehab my legs and my bladder and my cognitive deficits because of anxiety due to the COVID vaccine. So that was the beginning. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. How many, how many medical professionals did you see at that time uh, on that day? Would you say? I hit, oh, it was a revolving door. I mean, we had, it was the state of the art, you know, hospital facility, you know, neuro ICU. (laughs) So it was like, it wasn't just anybody that was evaluating me. Exactly. And and that's what they came up with. So in the meantime, in the meantime, with the clinical trial, you had an app, right? And you were logging every single symptom as they progressed because you knew the importance of letting AstraZeneca know what was going on. Right. And so did they ever, what happened with that? So the app has a pre-designated list of symptoms, headache, fever, malaise, nausea. Um, There's nothing on there where you can say my legs stopped working and now I'm peeing my pants and I can't see straight. So the, the app actually, it, it was designed to not track, you know, the full scope of, of symptoms. And by this time, it was the phase three of the clinical trial. Um, AstraZeneca had been put on pause once already for MS-like symptoms in the UK. Um, yeah, and I didn't know that until afterwards. I didn't either. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So anyway, and yeah, I got misdiagnosed with MIS. A lot of people did misdiagnosed with MS um, is the keyword. But yeah, so the app didn't track um, by phase three. They would have known. They knew what was going on. The the weird, you know, neurological stuff. They already knew what was going on. Um, but they didn't adjust the data collection to capture that, obviously, because the drug companies, just so everybody knows, the drug companies are who finance the clinical trials. They're the ones that have the totality of the data that's unadulterated, you know, in its purest, most raw form. So the people that benefit financially from selling this product are the people in control of the full control of the data that is being collected. So there's a major conflict of interest there. Um, And being a clinical trial participant um, and being trusting in this system and not 
thinking about the conflicts of interest in all of these avenues. I went in this trusting that they would, you know, own up to their end of the deal. If something were to go wrong, that they would compensate and they would provide financial and physical help because that's in my contract with with the drug company. None of those things have happened. Um, they couldn't get rid of me and my data fast enough. Yeah. Um, they called me when I was in the hospital and told me not to get the second dose. Um, I was unblinded and in doing so I was dropped from the trial. And so from that point forward, they didn't need to gather any of my adverse event data. So now we're almost three years into this and they, they collected my health information for about two months. Um, but then in what they told the public is they follow all adverse events for 730 days. Last. Yeah. <laughs> so what they're telling the public is not, you know, is not what actually is going on. And there's a whole lot of stuff that we did behind the scenes. We alerted the NIH um, to the discrepancies. Ten days later, the NIH and actually the FDA pulled uh, AstraZeneca from the running here in the United States. So, so anyway, it was removed from the United States, but was already in full force out in Britain, right? Or, yes. or, or what was a lot. So, so again, um, the community, you know, this is where the community, we, we now know that Israel, for example, was saying to the United States, hey, we're having myocarditis here. We're having it. It's happened. We would love to share information with you. And apparently the U.S. was like, we don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. So this communication piece, right, where you've got people tracking, communicating. And again, can we just point out long-term effects? We know, and I believe it was, uh, who was it, Kristen? We played his video the other day, the, the vaccine guru who um, sits- Dr. Paul Offit. Yeah, when Dr. <laughs> Paul Offit said, you've got to follow what vaccines for five, six, like years, okay? And she said, how long was it, Brie? Did they track you? Two months. Two months. Mm. Too much. Okay, Bree, what did they do to compensate you for your injury? <laughs> oh, I heard from them twice, both times after reporters reached out to them for statements. So they didn't care that I called crying, begging for help because I thought I was dying. They didn't care. Um, they didn't care when I called to tell them that we were being forced to figure out what to do with our housing situation because we were totally bankrupt. Um, they didn't care when I had to call them and tell them that somebody else had to come in and take care of my kids long-term because I couldn't even get out of my freaking bed. None of that mattered. Um, so they didn't care that this financially destroyed us. So reporters decided that they were going to jump in and help. So they called for statements and then AstraZeneca wired $590 to my account without my consent. And then the second time they sent me a letter while they were on the phone with the reporter. Say, so they could tell the reporter, yes, we sent a settlement letter to Brianne. We're just waiting for her to respond. We are working with her. So they literally sent it while they were on the phone with her um, for a grand sum of a little over $1,200. And to get that $1,200, I would need to sign away any, you know, obligation to rights to future payments, um, absolve them of any wrongdoing and, you know, the whole rigmarole. So, of course, I didn't sign that. So, yeah, so you right take now, that twelve hundred dollars right. and shove it up your you know what yeah <laughs> oh yeah well and i was I was getting an infusion that costs well over twelve hundred dollars every other week that i and I have to get this for the rest of my life every two weeks, and it's a medication that costs me 
um, my max out of pocket. And so the cost to my insurance is well over $189,000 a year for this medication that I oh need for life. And that's the cheapest I've seen everybody else. It's like 80,000 every month, but anyway, you so they know what medicine it is. So it's IVIG. That's actually why I got to go. So I can yeah. go get it because I'm right. running out of juice, but I got to go <laughs> get it. What is that? What is that medication created for Brie? So IVIG is, it's created for people that have severe immune dysfunction, um, okay. which is essentially what this is for a, a lot of us. Um, there's, there's a lot of focus in this world that we're kind of in this silo that we're all stuffed into on the cardiovascular implications to the COVID mm -hmm. vaccines, but there's a huge um, gap in knowledge and understanding for the neurological implications. And the reason why we push this so hard in awareness is because the majority of the people that are harmed have primarily neurological complications. Mm -hmm. Even in the Pfizer post-marketing reports that were released through the FOIA request that ICANN put through, um, even there, Pfizer reported neurological complications as the primary, not secondary, yep. the primary complication that people are, are suffering from. So we've seen this with all of them within our own um, patient data at React 19 is the same. So. Uh, because of that, we've been trying to figure out what what could be driving this, and, and immunology plays a significant role. So essentially what is happening in my case um, is my immune system keeps attacking my nervous system. So um, I need other people's immune cells to help dilute my own malfunctioning mm. immune cells. And so mm. it's a thousand people's immune cells in a bag, and then they <laughs> infuse it infuse it into my veins. It's high risk. It's very expensive. Um, but it took me from bed feeling like my brain was being pulled into all the time. Um, and that I was burning and I had sandpaper being rubbed all over my body all the time. Um, and not being able to walk very well to up walking around, you know, getting on a plane, even though that's hard, you know, and going in toe to toe with, you know, people in DC and, and whatever else needs to be done. So it's definitely been life-changing. It's not a cure, but yeah. So it's, it's an important piece of my, my own. Well, well, I was going to ask you, it's been three years since you had your shot. And so I guess you kind of explained it, but what is life like for you now? Like, I know your symptoms in the beginning, you couldn't even hear your, you know, your dog's tail wagging. I mean, can you get through a day and how often are you getting these infusions to, I mean, did they start wearing off and then you start getting really bad or are you just kind of stable? Yeah. So that's kind of the problem. So most of my symptoms that I had that were so debilitating that I didn't want to live anymore, literally, um, all of those are still present other than the sensitivity, light and sound has gotten a lot better. Everything else is still there. It's just the severity went from a 10 down to a four or a three. So there still is not a moment in my day. And Lindsay, this will resonate with her too. Um, there's not a single moment in my day where I have peace where I feel comfortable in my body. Um, if it's quiet, then all I hear is this screaming in my ears from the tinnitus and I can hear my heartbeat in my ear. I can hear my heart like always rattling around in my chest, like trying so hard to just stay alive. And I still have the burning and the tingling and all of the other things that are so unnatural and not peaceful. So it's, it's been a struggle. Um, and the injured, by and large have have really had a hard time with figuring out how to live like this like because it feels like you're half dead and it feels like you're 
trying not to die every moment of every day. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to, you know, sit and wallow in, you know, in the tragic circumstance that I'm in because that doesn't do me any good. I've got kids, you know, they don't need a shattered, broken mom. They don't need the, the mom that cries for 11 hours a day. I did that. It doesn't do anything for anyone around me and it doesn't do anything for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that super overwhelming pain comes, um, I really just challenge my brain and say, it is what it is. And mm-hmm. I, I'm doing what I can and that's it. And instead yeah. of giving it energy, negative energy, instead of fighting it and trying to give it toxic positivity, because that <laughs> never goes right, um, it just is what it is. And then I acknowledge it, it's there, and then I can move on and start mm. pushing other things. So the advocacy, the, you know, connecting with other injured, the everything else that needs to be done. Well, that's well, what I wanted to say too. Like you have taken this, I mean, it's not really lemons into lemonade cause it ain't really lemonade, but you have at least you're doing something about it too. And connecting so many people that are in, you know, everybody's having a different story, but I don't think people even realize just, or they're just blind to it or willfully blind to it. How many people truly are injured because of this and you have a whole organization you created react 19 right where you were the uh, like right is that right yeah Yeah. so yeah so the government obviously wasn't going to do what they were supposed to we reached out to the fda we have met with the fda so peter marks head of biologics at the fda um who's the guy that gives the rubber stance on the vaccines um Anyway, so he met with us um, over a year and a half span. We brought him data. We brought him researchers. We brought him science, and they still weren't going to budge. Um, it was it, they were too worried about misinformation and and uh, all the other keywords that they're obsessed with. Um, and then also, we went to the NIH. I flew out to the NIH. There, I got actual vaccine injury diagnoses from the National Institutes of Health. They told us point blank that they were going to acknowledge this and and give this information to the public, which they never did. So after that, we realized the government was not going to do their part. And so we had to do it ourselves. And so a group of us got together, Joel Walskog, he's an injured orthopedist from Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and myself. Um, Yeah. And we co-founded this uh, first patient advocacy organization in the United States for people that are suffering adverse events to the COVID vaccines. Mm. Well, Bree, you're just you you are a walking testimony as to, like Kristen said, it's not lemonade, but but turning this from all the negative and all the detrimental and finding the positive and, and finding that advocacy because it's it's we have to have it. We have to have we have to have people like you guys speak out, share, and to fight. And then those of us who aren't in their shoes, we have to link arms with them. And we have to fight too. We've got to amplify our voices in this country because it's silenced everywhere. On our social media channels, almost every video we've done talking about vaccine injury is silenced. If you go back and look at reels, you can't hear them. When we talk about when, I mean, we have been shadow banned like crazy and we know we're not alone. There's, there's someone who doesn't want you to know about these vaccine injuries. And there's someone who still wants you to sign up for, for vaccines and for specifically for this COVID vaccine. Um, when, when the agencies that you've always trusted and the doctors you've always trusted are telling you, hey, now we've got a whole new one. And it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Go get this one. 
Every alarm bell in your brain should go off. If it's not, I don't even know if we can help you at this point. Every alarm bell should go off and say, hey, hold on. And we all have to get loud and we have to keep being loud because they can't silence all of us. And the best thing you can do is share this podcast episode with everyone you know so they can hear Bree's story. And we're going to put all these things in a sub stack where you can get access everything that she's doing and you can go support her and you can go support Lindsay because we have to be louder than their silence. We have to be louder than what they can monitor and silence. And one way they cannot control your conversation with your neighbor, your best friend, your mama, your daddy, whoever. You got to have the courage to have these conversations with people so that they know, so that they know. There are so many people who signed up for the shot and I thought they knew. I thought they knew. I've been saying it. I've been, I have a whole podcast talking about it all the time. I thought they knew. They mm -hmm. didn't know. So we got to have the conversations. And Bree, let me ask you this. If you had any piece of advice for anyone listening that knows someone who's vaccine injured, they're suffering in silence, they don't know what to do next, what would you tell them to do? Oh, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, right. the, the problem is, is, you know, there's, there's so much that people that are harmed need, they need access to, to competent doctors. They need access to financial support. They need emotional support, which is, you know, there's a lot of this that actually Lindsay is, you know, she's really drilling down on this, working on figuring out the research behind what's going on and, and connecting people in it on a broad scale in a way that people are you typically unable to do um and that's that's really a big deal um and so what i would recommend you know is that people find lindsay house on twitter yeah she'll connect you with some really good mm. just good people um that will help you you know bring you in under your wing and then, of course, through react19.org, if you if you reach out there, um, you can email us, and we've we've got a whole network of of people there, and and we can help with connecting people with doctors. Um, we can also help with financial support through our, our care fund. Um, the just by contrast, so the U.S. government, and this is one thing that every single American should know. This is, will blow your mind. Yeah, if you are harmed by COVID vaccine, you cannot sue. If you are harmed by other vaccines, you may be able to sue. But if you are harmed, harmed by a COVID vaccine, you cannot sue, period. If you're hit by a car, you can sue. Um, if you are harmed by anything else in the United States, which is one of the most sue-happy places on the planet, <laughs> yep. you can sue. But you cannot sue if your life is turned upside down by a pharmaceutical product that is approved through an EUA. And they will force you onto a program called the CICP, which they tell the public will compensate you. This program has a 97% rejection rate. It has over 10,000 COVID vaccine injury applications sitting in the queue. They have, and this is what, we're almost three years into the public rollout, right? Almost three years in, they have paid six, six applications out for a total less than $18,000 total to six people. So their compensation program is broken. The legal system, if you are harmed by a COVID vaccine, I don't take this lightly, you will, remove, you will be removed of your constitutional right to free speech. You will be removed of your constitutional right to due process and your constitutional right to a fair jury trial, okay? 
So that right there, your rights as a vaccine injured American are not equal to the rest of America. That being said, so React 19, we see these failures and we know that people need money now. They can't wait for the government to fix this, which they're not going to. So we have issued medical grants totaling over $750,000 to people that have been harmed by COVID vaccines. And this is not for people to go and pay rent or anything else because that stuff's important, but this is strictly for out-of-pocket medical expenses. That's mm -hmm. it. So the need is great. Um, yes, it helped me tremendously. I was a um, applicant and I received a grant. So that was, it helped so much. I and just, people can go to react19.org and donate, right? They can yeah. go donate also. That's a place for it. So if anybody's listening and you can go donate, please donate. All goes to the injured. Every single penny, every single cent goes to the injured. Yep. Yeah. The the care fund. Um, so when you when you pay through the website, every single dollar goes into a fund, and the only way that money comes out of that account is into a check to someone for medical expenses. Yep. Awesome. I, I'm I'm thankful these things exist, and but I want to point out what Pre just said. When you look at what it costs for her to survive right now, when she talked about the cost of her medicines. And that's a whole other thing. We need to deal with that in this country as well. Um, we've talked about it on previous episodes about the hospital bill I got for my son who got injured. And then when I told him I was going to pay cash, how much that cost went down. Um, because they're going to, they're going to exploit us as much as they can. That's, I think that's the bottom line. So we need to help them pay these bills. And then we need to also work, whoever has connections to do such things, please do it. Let's start yep. working to get these costs down for these victims as well, because Absolutely. we know people are profiting greatly off their injury. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's a shame. So mm. um, thank you, Bree. We know you have to go get that infusion right now, but we thank you for your advocacy, for your time, for your voice. And we're going to keep amplifying it with you. I can promise you that. So thank yeah. thanks so much. And thank love you. Bree. Love you all. And Lindsay Bye -bye. is amazing. So we're going to talk to her now. <laughs> I, I'm really sad. I'm going to miss your, your spot, Lindsay, but you guys, <laughs> there's nobody better. Like there really isn't. There's nobody better on this planet suited to fight for us than Lindsay. She does it with integrity. She does it with honesty, but she also makes it really, really fun. So. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Got to. Oh my gosh. I would die. If I, I mean, if I couldn't laugh, I would go insane. Literally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. thank you much so much, Bree. And so, Lindsay, we would, I don't even know if we would know about Bree if yeah. we were here, but Bree, we, um, we, I know we've just been following mm -hmm. you for so long, and you're one of the early supporters of our podcast. And we just, we love OG. Yeah, she's, <laughs> OG. she's got her hat on, she got her swag on. Um, we just, we adore you. But what we, I think it's exactly what Bree said. What we love about Lindsay, guys, is that. She's just so honest and pure and good in what she's doing. And she's she has taken her injury, which you're going to hear about, and then she's taken what's happened to her to go help others. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. It's a proverb. And I think about that a lot with you, Lindsay, that you have taken your pain and your suffering and you have gone and tried to help others in their pain and suffering. And that has not gone unnoticed. Thank and you. you will be rewarded for that. I have no doubt. 
Um, but first of all, let's just tell people you were an RN. You were a nurse, girl. You were you were right in the line of fire for a mandate day one. You were the lucky one that got to do it first, right? All you medical professionals, congratulations. You signed up first. Okay. So tell the public what happened to you. Yeah. So uh, prior to becoming a nurse, I played three sports in high school. I played volleyball, softball, and basketball. So I was a huge athlete, super healthy. I went to play college softball and I was being scouted actually to go professional, but I decided to go to the medical field instead and become a nurse. So I became a nurse and I was actually a new grad nurse. I graduated in 2019, although I'd been working in the hospital for nine years in the ER. I was doing registration then. Um, so I switched fields to nursing and uh, the pandemic came out in 2020 and, and I was just actually on my own as a new grad nurse in the ICU when it came out. So I had to literally learn how to be a nurse and how to be a COVID nurse sink or swim at the same time. But um, I think I did pretty good. I was nominated for a DAISY Award um, just shortly after getting out of orientation and critical care nurse of the month. So the DAISY Award is a prestigious nursing honor for anybody that receives it or to be nominated for it. So I didn't win it, but I was nominated. And that was pretty exciting since I had just came out of nursing school and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but you know, I guess everybody liked me and they, they saw potential in me. So I was excited for that. So uh, December 29th or 23rd, 2020, I received my first Moderna. Um, I didn't want it. They, of course, told us at work it was going to be mandated. And then at first they told us that there would be no um, religious or medical exemptions. So a lot of us had started to get it. They then came back and, you know, they had to change their stance on that because they have to offer at least religious exemption. So they did offer that. But like I said, most of us had already gotten the first two shots. I got it the second week it came out. The reason I didn't want it was because of how fast it was manufactured. It was put out in eight months. This takes years to look at, especially all the trials. And especially with a new experimental mRNA injection that's never, ever been used before. Um, then uh, I just had brain fog. This is part of the symptoms. That's part of it. That is part of it. So you, so they tell you it's going to be and you're weak yeah. too. Yeah. We do. So I got Moderna's. Um, eight hours after each one, I had your run-of-the-mill body aches, hot flashes, fever, every joint in your body hurt. Although I did have some internal vibrations then, but I didn't know what it was. It was strange. I was like, huh, this is weird. I feel like I'm vibrating, but it went away. In 48 hours, all my symptoms dissipated. So I never thought more of it. So I was like, okay. So that was January was my Moderna in December and January. And then we get to August and I had transferred to the oncology clinic from the ICU in the ER. So I switched over to the ambulatory outpatient side and um, we had tested our antibodies as a office to see. We were taking a bet to see because we thought we would have good protection antibodies, not, hey, spike protein antibodies. We didn't know yet. So we all get our results. Mine was 2,000 spike protein antibodies. My shot was eight months prior and I still had 2,000. Mind you, I've never had COVID. If I had it, it was asymptomatic. I'm actually going to get a nucleocapsid test that will tell if it was the shot versus COVID. 
that's in my tissues to spike. So I'll keep you updated on that, but I have never had COVID. So whenever um, they they did the shots, um, the other girls in the office, theirs was like 600, 300, negative 0.5 antibodies. Mine was 2,000. So we didn't think nothing of it. We just thought, oh, I have a lot of protection. Cool. Mm. So they were telling us, here comes December. This is when I got my booster of Pfizer. So mind you, I got Moderna first and a Pfizer for booster. Let me tell you why. They were telling us as staff members to mix and match the doses because it would offer protection from both of the shots and amplify the protection. Well, let me tell you what it amplified, but it did not amplify any protection. Mm-hmm. It actually put more spike protein onto that 2000 that was already in me and overloaded my system completely. So after my booster on December 29th of 2021, I'm almost two years into this y'all. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For three years. I can't either. But so after my booster, eight hours, it did the same symptoms as Moderna, you know, your body aches, blah, blah, blah. Except for this time, I passed out. I fainted. I had a fainting episode, which I didn't with Moderna. I only had feelings of like passing out. So I passed out and then 48 hours, it was gone. But 10 days after it dissipated, it came back full force. And that's when tachycardia, high heart rate, high blood pressure, which is hypertension, Hot flashes, hair loss, um, weight loss. Those were my first symptoms um, and dizziness that indicated to me something was wrong. Of course, I didn't attribute it to the vaccine, but something was in my system was wrong. So I sought uh, medical treatment. My prior medical history was only a pollen allergy. To, so I took daily Claritin. That's it. I didn't take a antibiotic till 2008. That was my last per my childhood pharmacy. I didn't even have a primary doctor because if I got a cold or something, I would go to the athletic trainer or an urgent care. Mm -hmm. So I had to get a primary doctor. Um, My first diagnosis was, of course, like Bree said, which most of us are, anxiety, depression, ADHD, PTSD, and OCD, all new onset out of the blue. So I was just distraught at these diagnoses because here I am, a 36-year-old woman never a problem in my life. And you get these big name diagnosis in the mental health field. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is what's wrong with me. No, that's not what was wrong. It didn't even address the symptoms or the problems going on. So months, February goes by, they do labs, labs were perfect. Even though I was looking like a hot mess in Ethiopian and I weighed 99.5 pounds, no hair trimmers. Uh, all the labs normal, completely normal. So they're like, okay, we'll just monitor you. Well, here comes April. I get the shingles, the shingles and reactivated Epstein-Barr virus out of nowhere. Then the tremors, I got hand tremors still. You can see my hands are still tremoring. Um, And then neuropathy, joint pain, swelling, and the whole nine. Just what I didn't know at the time, it was the vaccine that I got and that did everything, but it put me into cytokine storm. (laughs) So I got my cytokine panel done in September 2022 with Dr. Bruce Patterson out of the Long Haul Clinic. And it showed six out of 14 cytokines activated and elevated and 
I had spike protein in all three of my monocyte lines, my classical, non-classical, and intermediate. And when it's in your monocyte lines, that's not good because your monocytes are your last part of your fighting group. Mm. So that means it's infiltrated into like your fighting uh, white blood cells and stuff like that. And Lindsay, oh, if you got my- all your face. <laughs> well, I, I want you to explain real quick. I don't know if everyone listening has even heard cytokine storm before. It's a term. It's a term Chris and Amy and I learned from Dell Big Tree and the High Wire. When people say talk about vaccine injury and people want to poo-poo that and say, well, like 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 Lindsay had quote good panels because yeah. you can't find that for which you don't look. Okay, so clear panels and you just run a blood panel, certain things, things can look fine. But a cytokine storm is what? I I know you and Kristen would be better at explaining this, but can you tell what is a cytokine storm in your body? Did you want to explain it? And then I'll tag in. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. So a cytokine storm, your cytokines are released when there's systemic. So systemic is full body from head to toe. Um, Hyperinflammatory response. So basically your body, your whole body is in a acute hyperinflammatory response and your body's um, so inflamed that it causes all these symptoms and it hits every body system. It could be neuro, it could be cardiac, it could be your skin. People forget your skin is the largest organ of your body. It can be, you know, whatever attacks, it just inflames and that causes the immune system to go into chaos and it's like your body is attacking itself it's trying to eat and kill itself basically is what the cytokine storm is um i'm in month 23 of it so it's like your body's in fight or flight always and your body doesn't need to live in that because that's not a healthy state to live in it's not homeostatic what it needs is you know balance and it needs to rest and not be in a fight or flight fight or flight is like when someone comes up behind you and scares the bejesus out of you and you get that adrenaline, like scared mm-hmm. feeling, that's what fight or flight is. And I'm in that 24-7. Um, yeah, the monocytes, the spike was in the monocytes. So this June, we did more panels and that panel was on a cellular level. And that's exactly why they're not seeing regular panels come up with bad results but they are seeing it on specialized labs that you can delve into on the cellular and the molecular level. So it's very intrinsic and we would have never known um, what, you know, if we hadn't done the panel, but we did one in June, this June. And I'm happy to report though, although I'm still inside a storm and more were elevated now 11 out of 14 elevated, but the spike was out of my monocytes guys. So something I'm doing from September to June I got the spike protein out of my monocytes. They were clear. So wow. it's working. My How did you do it, Lindsay? What, what, what therapy helped you detox the, the spike protein? So that's the problem. So yeah. I have to go back and I've been tracking what I was on each month and what symptom happened and kind of see by a timeline of events of how and which medicine it is. But I think it is Patterson's protocol that got me out of the monocytes because the Maraviroc that we use. So it's HIV antiviral medication. Although I am HIV negative, we use it off label. So it is a CCR5 inhibitor. And what that means is in the monocytes at that receptor site is the CCR5 receptor site. And the Maraviroc, what it does is it shuts off that receptor site and the spike protein can attach to that receptor. 
Okay. So that's what it does. Kind of like Forrest Gump, you know, seats taken, can't sit here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Break it down to people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you do feel that the medical treatment that you're getting, Patterson's protocol, and let me just ask you, I mean, how did you find Dr. Patterson? How did you find this protocol? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that. So Dr. Bream, he is my primary doctor. He's what saved me and um, got me out of the work hill because that's a whole nother story I'll touch a little bit on. Um, I was being abused and harassed and, and, you know, all the gaslighting at work too. So he actually worked with me as a medical director in our ER at our hospital. So I knew him personally. He knew my baseline prior. So when I had the shingles, he reached out and he's like, what in the hell? How did you get the shingles? You're 36 and healthy. And I was like, I have no clue, but let me tell you what's going on also. And I told him about tremors and all the, you know, the EBV feeling of the symptoms and everything else. He said, Lindsay, you are textbook vaccine injured. He said, you need to come see me ASAP. And I said, what do you mean? And of course, I saw Bree's Ron Johnson Senate roundtable in March. And I was like, that's when I put the dots together and said, I am vaccine injured. These people are having the same symptoms and the same thing as I am. That's when it clicked. And I was like, oh, my God, bring. I thought I was going crazy. I knew this is what was going on, but nobody was listening. He said, come see me. So I went and saw him. Um, he actually left the medical field or not the medical field, the ER where we were as director, because when the mandates came out, he stood up against the mandates and the hospital told him or Valen told him he could either go for the mandates or he could hit the road. So he hit the road and he found Bruce Patterson in California, went out there and worked with him in the long COVID clinic and started with their research and working on their labs and stuff. And then he came back to North Carolina and opened his own clinic yes. half a mile down the road from the hospital. <laughs> and what's his, it's on Bream. I follow him, I think, on social. What's it? Bream what's Medical. Bream, Bream Medical. Medical. He's and very so, quiet. So he's, he's not one of your ones you'll see speaking out. He's very quiet behind the scenes type of doc. But he's well, treating everybody, too. Sadly, people like him, while we need the rest of us to open our yeah. mouths, and, and he's opening his mouth offline, let's be real. Like he yes. definitely, he told you, but it's because they they come after them and they take their licenses. Yes. I want people to understand. Do you guys understand that doctors who've been treating things and trying to prevent, treat COVID, they were losing their licenses or they were being, you know, called into question. And I hate it, but it's the it's where we are right now. But I'm glad to know there are doctors who are treating and are speaking up, you know, and, and trying to help people like you, Lindsay. Yeah. He yeah, actually well. quoted, quote unquote, career suicide for him because he's so young and still working. He's like, I can't be a Pierre Corey or Peter McCullough, but yeah. I talked to them behind the scenes and he does amazing. So he's, he's doing amazing work. Right. Um, he treats people in North Carolina through his clinic. Uh, he does telehealth. He is on React 19's list of doctors for vaccine injury. And he also treats out of Bruce Patterson's clinic still, too. So if you do the labs at a clinic in California, he will be one of the providers that does telehealth through that as well. And where is Patterson in California? What city? Just because I know we have a lot of listeners. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but I'd have to look that up for you. Yeah. Okay, but you could just know that it is, uh, what's his first name? What's Dr. Patterson's first name? Bruce. 
Bruce, Dr. Bruce Patterson, California. But again, you could go to the the C the um, I'm sorry, react19.org website, guys, if you yeah. want to find a doctor out there. Yes, please find a doctor. Like Bree said, there's illiterate doctors and there's literate doctors for treating backs injured. If you right. go to the literate one, you're going to get gaslighted. They're not going to believe you. They're going to write you off and uh, put you on something you don't need to be on. And then the vaccine injured friendly doctors know and have been studying us and know kind of a guideline on protocol of what to follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and let me ask you this, Bree. So it took you having a medical doctor tell you you were vaccine injured. You didn't yeah. even because you your your initial symptoms were only 48 hours. Right. You thought I'm in the clear. And I want parents to know your child can have the same types of reactions with childhood vaccines. I'm going to beat this damn dead horse. Okay? Yeah. I'm going to beat it. Beat it. Beat it, girl. A vaccine-injured nephew, okay, who was completely normal, always with his well-visit appointments, my sister-in-law will tell you, ran high, high fevers, cried inconsolably, and they were told to just give him Tylenol and Motrin and alternate that, and um, she just didn't put it together, that he was having a cytokine storm. He was having something going on inside of him where he was not methylating out those adjuvants. And eventually it caught up to where one of the well visits, his brain was inflamed and it has never been the same. And I just, listen, people are going to say, Holly, you're scaring people. Good. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I don't want you to be scared. I want you to be informed. I want you to have true informed consent when you decide to put something in your child. If you're going to, if you're a parent who thinks anything about what food you put in your kid or what formulas you give them or whether you breastfeed or not, if you, spend any time thinking about that, but you don't think about vaccines, right. I'm going to challenge you to wake up. Yeah, yeah because exactly, They can have a temporary reaction and then seem fine, you but they're not fine. You can't take it back. And just like Lindsay said, even though they did her panels and they were quote normal, I'm literally, I'm definitely doing quotes. They aren't looking. It's just like Dr. Cole says, you can't find that for which you're not looking. If you just do a basic panel and just like Robert Kennedy Jr. pointed out when he's talking about the vaccines, when they paw off it and then tried to say, oh, well, they didn't find the metals in the blood. No. You know why? Because the metals are in the brain. The heavy metals from the adjuvants in the vaccines are in the brain and they weren't looking there. And you can't take a vaccine away. And this is why it's so important. It's not like just taking an Advil or taking a Tylenol or taking a medicine that has a half-life and gets out. This does not get out. And we don't know enough about this spike to, I mean, and if we already know the spike is dangerous with the, with the virus, well, if you're injecting it into, you're injecting the worst part of it, the spike. So you just have to realize what the hell is going on. I'm sorry to say that, but not really. And yeah. I think that we, we want people to like connect dots. I think that's right. where, because like Lindsay, I hope when people listen to your story, because we see people all the time, all the time. How many people like that we're friends with or friends of friends and news feeds like months later, some, they yep. have some kind of diagnosis. They have, it's like, and you know, they're not connecting because mm-hmm. it wasn't an immediate reaction. Like, you right. had your immediate reaction and then you got better. So then 10 days later, when you started feeling weird, you didn't even think about the vaccine. And right. that's what's happening to people is that things are starting to creep up. Weird things are happening. It's been months. It might even be a year in some cases. Yeah. And so there's no correlation there. And that's just where we want people to like wake up and start realizing and connecting these dots. Yeah. And segue into what yeah. you talked about on that interview, Lindsay, what are people seeing in the vaccine group on their brain scans a oh, year God. later? So Amy, just to tell you, we're seeing symptoms three months, six months, eight months, a year, two years later that's yes. from the vaccine. So that's what point they're making is 
you just don't know when it's going to hit because we don't know the long term of this stuff either. But um, so I run a X or I keep calling it Twitter X space now. Um, so it's kind of like a Zoom room. If you're on Twitter or X, you see these spaces and you click on them and it's people's avatars and they have a stage and mics. So it's kind of like a big Zoom room and it's called the Vax Injured Lounge. So if you're on X or Twitter, please go on there and see me and come listen to our stories. We're on there every day, um, depending on the time. It's just depending on how I'm feeling for the day. But it's a whole community of the Vax injured. The doctors come in and, and hang out with us, too, and kind of get ideas of where to go for research and labs and treatments. But we talk first, we make sure everybody's OK and in a good mindset. Anybody that needs to vent or get any feelings out, we talk about that. Any new meds that are working treatments anything like that the government's not saving us so we have to do it ourselves mm -hmm. so we've been researching our own selves basically and what we've been seeing um, from one year post MRI follow-up scans of their brain so people get their MRI initially and then one year they get a follow-up scan to check on what's going on in their brain to see how it looks we're seeing brain shrinkage y'all brain shrinkage and this isn't in just one or two this isn't a, a good many of us I actually have to go get mine scanned because mine was last year so it's about time for me to check up on my brain uh, there was some issues in the frontal cortex we're seeing white matter disease that's your frontal lobe right here and that is the area of your brain for speech processing thought processing cognition uh, your thinking skills you know stuff like that it can also affect emotions and neurotransmitters and that's why Kristen when I got diagnosed with all the mental health alphabet, it had effect. It went to my brain and affected my neurotransmitters. It completely depleted them. And that's why I was exhibiting the serotonin decreased, dopamine decreased, norepinephrine. That's why the anxiety, depression, ADHD come about. Um, that's exactly why. And I also have the MTHFR gene mutation. So with that, you're either born with it or not, but something can activate it if it's not been activated in your body before. So it activated that and has been activating a lot. A majority of us have it now that's in the injured community. We're My also injured nephew is MTHFR. And yep. I'm also, I had multiple miscarriages and blood clots in pregnancy. Yep. Same. And we all have it to varying degrees too. I think you can have it. There's like varying degrees. I think 50% of us carry it, but then some of us more so. And right. then apparently that makes these adjuvants not leave our bodies. We don't exactly. methylate like the average person. And that's what I want people to understand. Yep. So it's depleting neurotransmitters. Um, we're seeing rapid onset of multiple sclerosis. So what that is in your brain or in spinal cord, you can get lesions on your myelin sheath. Your myelin sheath is what protects your nerve ending. It's like a um, cushion around your nerve ending so your nerves don't get damaged. What it's doing is it's, it's causing lesions on your nerve um, endings in your myelin sheath, and it's disintegrating that cushion and exposing your nerve, and it's eating away at your nerve, basically. So that's why you're seeing a lot of neuro problems, like your CIDP, your transverse myelitis, your guillain barre I love saying that. Prince <laughs> word. I, I spice it up a little bit. We're also seeing... Um, in our young, like 30, 40 year olds, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, early onset. So it's very scary. Um, we have a contact in Finland and Sweden 
they're researching now. They're studying the Crutchfield's Jacob. Jacob, that's another uh, fun. Mad cow. Mad cow. Yep, mad cow disease. So with mad cow, it's usually slow progressing, and that's where your proteins, amyloid proteins in your brain start to fold. And it's not good to have folded proteins because when your proteins are, you know, start to fold, that that's just that's bad. That's really bad. Um, other than you know, that's just that's just bad. Don't worry about you know why. But um, they're seeing rapid onset of mad cow in less than twenty days, Kristen. Mm. So passed away rapid. Usually. It's 90 days. It's, you know, very slow progressing. So that's not good. Um, We are seeing lots of POTS, and that's one of my main problems. POTS is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. When I stand up, my blood pulls to my feet, which pulls the blood flow and um, away from my heart and brain. So it causes my heart to pump harder because it's not getting that blood flow. And in, in also, I'm not getting blood flow to the brain. So I get dizzy. My heart rate goes up into the 150s, 160s. And then you want to pass out. Sometimes I do pass out. Last week, I passed out twice, just walking from my office to my kitchen. And um, Kristen, y'all have seen my videos walking around my bedroom. My heart rate's just 140, 150. And you would have thought I was running a marathon. So that's really bad in us. MCAS is another one, mast cell activation syndrome. And that's part of your inflammatory response whenever your body is introduced to a pathogen and it releases histamines as well. So lots of like inflam that's more inflammatory stuff. Mm. Um, lots I'm sure that you're naming all this because I want listeners who have had this shot. Yeah. If you're having any of these symptoms, this right. is where you need to connect. This is where you need to connect. Please don't dismiss this as I'm getting older. I'm getting, I mean, it could, yeah. this can happen because of different reasons, but we're not saying the vaccine caused everything. What we're saying is many of you are walking around with symptoms, with issues, and you don't recognize where it's coming from. Right. And it's where you want to at least have it checked out by credible doctors, as Lindsay said, who are yeah. looking, as Kristen said, for the right things. Right. Because right? it's so it dangerous. Yeah, any new medication allergies or food allergies, be cognizant of that because we have now, there's one girl that has 17 new food allergies. There's some that are like almost allergic to every medication now. So that's another thing. I have lupus and autoimmune type symptoms like my joints, pain, swell, and redness. I can't go out in the sun for very long because it burns my skin literally. Um, We have heat intolerance. So heat and cold intolerance, we can't tolerate it. Um, lots of cancers. My dad is actually, I don't talk about this often, but my dad is actually vaccine injured too. He has, pro- he had prostate cancer two months, stage two after his vaccine. And he now has had two strokes. He just recently got out of rehab at the hospital for uh, weakness and speech. And he's back home now. I talked to him yesterday. His speech was good. But- I started crying. I was like, so worried. I was like, oh, the first speech, it's the first stroke. It was okay with his speech, but I was so worried. No, he's doing well. Um, he's in good spirits. So definitely keep him in your prayers. So genes have to play a role in this because, you know, he's injured, I'm injured. And then that brings me to what they just found out, Kevin McKernan, from six different countries internationally. He has found 
plasmid, bacterial plasmid DNA in the vials along with SV40 promoter. So what that is, DNA is the fragments of DNA that should not be in the vials. And the SV40 promoter is very oncogenic. It's an oncogenic promoter, so it's a cancer promoter. And this was found in the vials that went to the public. But the kicker is not found in the vials they did in the vaccine trials with Pfizer or Moderna. Mm-hmm. And it was found in every country that they researched it in six to, so far. Every single vial had the contents in it, the contaminants. And the, uh, the SV40 promoter was actually not disclosed to the FDA as well as the DNA contaminants. So it was not disclosed to the regulators. So this is a huge regulatory fraud on every single level. Because right now, the regulators are like, we were not told this was in this vaccine. Why was this in this vaccine? So there's going to be a fight between pharma and the regulators coming up soon. What you're going to see is a lot of whistleblowers coming out, y'all. A lot. Be prepared for them. Welcome them with open arms. I got my popcorn ready. I am ready to go down. Let's go. They're scared. They're scared, y'all, because they know what they've been doing. They're finally coming to terms with is wrong and they're wanting to write it but they're also scared because of retaliation when they do come out you know dr butar for example he was murdered he was poisoned y'all kristen he is actually 20 minutes his office was 20 minutes from me yeah he's close he was close Mm. Uh, kingston they you know she's a whistleblower they're after her judy mikovich look what they did to her sasha ladipova Mm-hmm. The list keeps going. Listen to your whistleblowers, guys. They were in the front lines. They were on the ground. They were in this. They've seen it. They can tell you what was going on. They can give you the correct information, not the uh, propaganda. That yeah. people, you know, well, the conspiracy. What we always say is look at who's speaking out and look at what they have to lose or what they have to gain. Right. What and are they've got to gain by like, speaking out? Right. Every single one of the whistleblowers have like lost. Their yeah. career or lost, you know, their, their reputation, lost their everything, their it job, everything. To follow the science, and a vaccine injury made this. <laughs> Lindsay, what is your phone doing? She's, She's showing, 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 showing her shirt. Showing her shirt. Oh, there it is. Follow the sc- Scroll down again. To follow it. the science. That's uh-huh. Then follow the silence. Oh, I love that. For the silence, the ones they're trying to silence, they don't want them to get. The information that is the truth out, that's why they're going after our license. That's why they are, you know, so up in, they're actually in scared right now. They're in scared protect mode because they know the gig is up. They know we have found them out and that it's about to hit the fan. What's crazy to me, Lindsay, is, and, and let me just also point our listeners back. If, you, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, welcome. We have a yeah. sub back we're going to tell you to subscribe to because we're going to put every single resource that Lindsay and Bree mentioned and then probably add some um, for context so that you, the listener, the reader, can go look at this yourself, okay? Because Pfizer has documents thanks to the Daily Cloud, actually thanks to a FOIA request by attorney Aaron Siri, they now have Three, over 3,000 um, people scouring through all the documents that Pfizer knew before this came out, guys. They knew it was harming people. And I want to also point out what something that that um, that Lindsay just just shared. 
when she said there's DNA fragments in 100%, 100% of the shots or the vials that they looked at, right? 100% there's foreign DNA and they traced it. My understanding when I listened to the podcast, there's four people's DNA in it, right? And they even verified and replicated by different researchers and scientists. They all found the same thing. Yep. All found. Do you understand that when you got the shot, you got someone's DNA? But by the way, this other thing, I don't know if people caught this. Lindsay said, but they were not in the, they, they did not see this DNA in the trials. Correct. Yes. Because they did not administer the same shot that they did the trials on. 100%. Yep. Exactly, Holly. They did not give us the same shot they gave in the trials. So what that is, nobody got informed consent. I was never informed that. There was DNA plasmids, bacteria DNA plasmids at that. And the bacterium they've been using is E. coli. So oh. mm-hmm. there you go. There's a lot of your UTIs and your, you know, your sickness, your sepsis with E. coli. Um, they didn't tell us that it was going to cause my heart rate and me to be disabled for the rest of my life. I got no informed consent of none of this. I got no informed consent of the pseudouridine they found in there as well. Pseudouridine doesn't, your body doesn't break it down. It's a, it's a uh, synthetic material that was placed in there. It doesn't break down. Uh, the lipid nanoparticles, that's another thing. So you have DNA plasmids, you have SV40, you have pseudouridine, and you have the lipid nanoparticle, and then you have the spike protein. Your body is fighting all of this at one time, yeah. doesn't know how to fight it. And this is why your system's just going haywire. Yeah. Well, you have to wonder why did they put those things in? So here's the thing. It's like, we have to go back to the intent. If this is not the same thing that was in the trial, they rolled something completely different out to the public, didn't tell anybody. And all of these things like bacterial DNA, SV40, which is oncogenic, you know, the other pseudouridine that the body can't break down. Why? Why? Do we have any idea? Customer for life. That's the only thing because well people make or sick people make money. Well people do not. That's pharma's motto. I mean, I don't know if it's their motto. And one of the theories was that they, I mean, obviously we know we agree with that because this is happening with everything. It's follow the money. Like the healthy people don't make them, don't make them money. But even if we try not to think that this was like malicious or intentional or anything, even if it was accidental, like it was a, what I've heard too, or one of the explanations was that um, it was the way it was produced. Like they couldn't do to scale. They couldn't do it to scale. Yeah. They, it was fine right. in the trial, but then when you're doing it to scale, you couldn't do it. So it's almost like kind of like they got sloppy or whatever. Yeah, if that's the case and we give them the benefit of the doubt and they just had to do it to mm-hmm. scale and then they do it. And then they start realizing all these people, all these safety signals, you just go and look at bears and I don't give a crap what anybody yeah. says about bears. It's a safety every, signal. Every single safety signal. It's a flat line and then a line up to here. It's yes. like this and then this with the COVID vaccine rollout. That's a safety signal. Yeah. They, they halted Johnson and Johnson with six, six reports of death. Mm-hmm. And there's and there were 1,223 deaths just in the Pfizer post authorization data within three months of rollout. 1,223 right. deaths. That should have stopped them. Yeah. Then knowing that they had this crap in there and then said, why did they? That's where the why is. Yeah, why didn't why. you stop it then? But they kept going. They doubled down. Yes. They're still doubling down. And oh. they have forward since this news has come out and say, hey, guys, 
uh, ding, 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 something's not right here. They're finding this DNA and all this in the vials, not only in one country, but six and by different researchers. Hey, do you think it might be a good idea? Let's halt this thing and investigate yeah. what's going on, you know, so nobody else gets harmed or gets cancer in the future or, you know, that would be common sense. But, you know, common sense is not so common. And if it's, if you're being paid by big pharma and you're in their pocket, you're in, you're, you're captured. Yes. Yep. And there's a lot of captured, a lot of captured people, because when your livelihood depends on something, yeah. you know, and your reputation depends on something or whatever, this is where they, they get people. But mm -hmm. I did want to point out, because I keep, uh, I, I follow a lot of just business news, and I saw this come through on um, Yahoo Business um, a few weeks ago, but shares of Moderna and Pfizer are on the move after Pfizer CFO David Ditton projected a COVID vaccination rate of only 24% this year in the U.S. And the demand for COVID vaccinations has dwindled, with Good. data indicating it's less than half of what is expected for flu shots. Um, and listen to this. Now, I remind everybody, Moderna never posted one profitable quarter until it produced this vaccine. In 10 years, not one profitable quarter. It says, despite Moderna's efforts to expand its business, it remains heavily reliant on COVID vaccinations. May it dwindle to zero. I, that is my prayer. Um, it remains heavily, I will, I will pray straight against you. Don't think I won't. It remains heavily reliant on COVID vaccinations and booster shots. Um, and again, it's exactly what, what Lindsay and, 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 and Kristen just said. And Amy, all of us are telling you money, 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 money. Moderna can't exist without it. And so keep push, push, yeah. you know, pushing you to get these shots and looking for other ways to get this mRNA in you because it's their thing. Yeah. RSV. Oh, watch Every out. Watch food. out. Food. Food. That's right. In the food. animal. I mean, and Amy, and also that's why they wanted to seal the documents from the trials for 75 years. You right. know why? We'd all be dead. We'd all be dead. Right. We would all be dead, if we, especially yeah, if we all dead. complying. Right. Exactly. I mean, this this is the thing, though, and I just, and I'm going to tell people, don't get your flu shot either. We have a whole episode on that. We have a whole episode with a reputable um, doctor, an amazing doctor, actually, out of Charlotte, North Carolina. She's the one that taught me about the flu vaccine because she went all the way to the top, yeah. the CDC, with the flu vaccine and said, I can't find evidence that this is effective. And right. the person goes, and like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, so, and, and, and she goes, how can you mandate something that you know is not working? She goes, I'm in the military. I just do what I'm told. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I want to remind everybody that the, 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 all these vaccines are traced back to the Department of Defense, to mm -hmm. your military. Defense. That's a whole right. other rabbit trail we can go down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we can. <laughs> go ahead, Lindsay. So I was talking about Kernan. Um, that's Kevin McKernan. He's one of the researchers who found this the first um, one. He's the first one. Yeah. He he didn't even mean to stumble upon it. He was actually studying the cannabis, and the, he was part of the Genome Health Project. He's amazing. He should deserve a Nobel Peace Prize for discovering this. Yes. So a few of the researchers that duplicated it was Jancy, Dr. Jancy Lindsay, yeah. and Dr. Philip Buckholtz. So they released last month at the South Carolina State Senate hearing about the DNA plasmas SB40 promoter that they uh, confirmed were in the in the vials that Kevin McKernan and them had um, found as well. So they did that. That's they then applied what's called an IRB approval, and that's just approval to get a research grant. 
And what they want to do is research the injured, the confirmed injured. So like me, I hope, I hope to God they pick me. But what they want to do is research us and make sure that the DNA plasmids that's in the vials they found are not integrating into our DNA. Because mm. that's what the problem is going to be, y'all. It's going to integrate some foreign DNA out of this vial into your own DNA. And this may had me thinking, Kristen. Remember, I used to have straight blonde hair. And now I have curly, dark hair. I wonder whose DNA I got. I oh, mean, my God, Lindsay. Oh, yeah. my God. Y'all, just, just to remind you. Lindsay, when she did, I think she even kind of glossed over it. She literally <laughs> lost all of her hair you, uh, I mean, she, and, and her skin, your skin was like peeling off. It was it red. Was awful, it was awful. She, my hair grows. <laughs> but she, now she's got hair. Look at that hair. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of me, girl. <laughs> I have skin issues too. Remember the rashes? I still have some right now here and yeah. It hurts so bad. But, but it is interesting with that DNA. And that's what they're saying. They're not trying to come out and just mm -hmm. speculate and say, this is exactly what's happening. They, they actually are trying to do the right thing and say, we need to investigate this further. Let's get it. But do you remember when they assured us the mRNA did not change your DNA? Do you remember? I remember that. Remember when it stayed in the arm? Well, it stayed in the arm. Yep. It stayed you know, right. It stopped transmission. Never. Yeah. Conspiracy, Never theorists, conspiracy theorists batting a thousand. Continue. I need my tinfoil hat. It's just a blinky dink, y'all. You know, nothing yeah. to see here. But here's the thing. Like, we don't know for sure what it's doing, but we know it's not doing what they promised it, it would. Right. But I think that's what you need to know. Is and it should have that in those products in it. God knows what else is in it. If, you know, there was no oversight during the manufacturing whatsoever. So, no. you know, proves it right there. Like, wow. And, and then Biden said, we're never, you know, we're not going to mandate it. And then he mandated. Yeah, you know, and, and that is so wild. I think about that when I get on airplanes now. I'm like, you know, it's, it's things that I had I never thought about before, but now I'm like, did my pilot get shots? How many did oh, he get? Yeah, he yeah. <laughs> how many did he or she get? And when is it going to catch up with them? And I, I don't say that to scare anyone because it may never. It may never. We we know that there were certain batches that were worse than others. Yeah. And there were three, three different files found. I, I wish I could crawl through computers or phone screens and wrap my hands around the necks of a couple of people. And this has happened to me in the, in like in the last few years. One is when people say, oh, yeah, they're so dangerous. So how did so many millions of us get it? And we're fine. Yeah, you're fine. I just, I just want to go, you know what? Some women took Tylenol and they their babies were fine. And some didn't. Some took Tylenol and their babies weren't. Because that's how medicine works. That's how science works. We're all different, different DNA, and we respond differently to different things. You stupid idiot. That's and what I tell me what to do with my own body. No. But the fact that you're going to look at, like, around you and say everybody looks fine. Well, what, why are, why is SIDS, which we used to call sudden infant death syndrome, why is there now sudden adult death syndrome? That didn't happen until 2020. Thousands of athletes dropped by it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping death. And it's interesting to me, Lindsay, I want to ask you this because you would probably know. Is there a greater incidence of this being um, of black people having a harder time with vaccine injury or is that just. No, actually, um, we. I can't think of. Well, there's only a couple of African-Americans in our community that I can think of. 
as ma- majority is middle-aged white women. Okay, yeah, okay. That, like, years old. Have been white people. White that's, middle-aged that's women got hit the hardest. And another thing they don't talk about is menstrual cycles and the female issues. They're also seeing male issues, y'all. They're seeing prostate cancer. They're seeing decrease in sperm account. Uh, they're seeing decreased libido, erectile dysfunction. They, uh, you know, ACE2 is in your testes. That's where the spike binds to is your testicles. And then also in your ovaries. So you're going to see your endometriosis, your cancers, your, you know, all that stuff. But they, they don't talk about that. And I had issues with my menstrual cycle. Kristen, you remember mine disappeared for 44 days when I had the shingles and then just reappeared. And my symptoms at first, I thought I was in early menopause. Hormone panel, normal. Hormone panel, normal. Cytokine storm, cortisol low. But they have found two markers so far that have been pretty consistent in the injured. And then that's the interleukin-6. That's a cytokine. And GPCR antibodies. Those have been popping up pretty consistently in us. And they have deemed those two as some go-to markers. So any providers out there listening, definitely get an interleukin-6 and a GPCR antibody test. Um, I have my interleukin-6. It's elevated. It's part of my cytokine storm. Mm -hmm. But I have not done the antibody test. So I need to to try to get a provider to, to get that. Well, one of the reasons why I was thinking to back to to like the the demographics of the injured, I think probably most of the people who got the shot were middle-aged white women because we are empathetic and we think we're going to help everyone else. And it's like what your nurses in majority majority are middle-aged. Exactly. And so I, I, I can totally understand that that's probably who, if you were to put everybody on a scale, that's probably the most, that's probably the largest demographic of people taking the shot. However, the reason I was asking about black men in particular and, and black, but I have just known of the people that I am aware of that did the drop dead suddenly. Um, I would say there were more that were black men than any other thing. Maybe the thing. I don't know, but like I, it has made me wonder. And yeah. I just remember that they knew the CDC knew that some of the one of the childhood vaccines, I think it was MMR was adversely affecting black boys more than anyone else. And they destroyed the evidence. And the whistleblower came out and then went back into hiding. His name was Bill Thompson, I think. But I just want you guys to know that that if you take nothing else from this is that you bring we bring credibility to Lindsay and and people like her and that there are scores of them and many of them have not connected the dots yet. It's shocking when many are scared to come out too, Holly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, I'll spill some tea on this one. I won't name names, but I'll spill some tea. Um, one of my good friends is very connected to a very, very, very well-known um, celebrity, mm-hmm. Hollywood celebrity. Yep. And I saw her recently and she said, I got to tell you a story. She said, I went to visit this person and um, they've been battling severe anxiety mm-hmm. and pain head to toe. And they know, they know that it's from the vaccine. Yeah. So my friend has a naturopathic doctor in California. I wonder if it is the same guy. I wonder if it's Patterson, who was working with people. And, and my friend says, you've got to go see him right now. you got to go see him right now. Might be Dr. Galil. He's one of the. That's Galil. I think it's yeah. Galil. Because she yeah. cause he had healed her of another autoimmune disease. Yeah. She's yeah. got to go see Dr. Galil. And so this person goes. 
and they're getting better. And they said, I can't believe it. I thought this was the rest of my life. I can't believe I'm getting better. But this is what this friend told me. She said, the sad thing is, is that I believe Dr. Galil is also seeing another very famous celebrity couple you might have heard of that's been clearly vaccine injured, but no one wants to admit it. Yep. And has helped them, but no one will speak out and admit they were injured or that they're getting help. That's how pervasive the fear and how strong the control is over all of this. And I'll give y'all a hint. I get my peaches out in Georgia. It it could very well. It could have very well been that person. Um, But we have a celebrity in our injured community. She is the only one of the only ones that is speaking out, you know, like Ice Cube. I'm not Ice Cube. Yeah, Ice Cube, not Ice Cube. Ice Cube, bad. Ice Cube, good. Ice Cube speaking out. There's a you know, uh, John Rich from, uh, yes. Rich. yes. And it. then of course, uh, Rob Snyder is one of them. Yes. Love love Roseanne Barr. God, I want to meet her so bad. I love we her. need to make love that it. happen. I need to make that happen for sure. Yes. But we have our own pussycat doll singer, Jessica Sutta. Yeah. Uh, get her on here. She'd be, she'd be more than happy to. I'll, I'll get in contact with her. Yeah. Later. We would love to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she is the only celebrity that is speaking out in full force. She is part of React 19's team. Um, she is a doll baby. Me and her text so much. We've become good, good friends. She calls it Holly weird now. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it, it's Those wild. people are like like a cult. I said, they are a cult. Jessica, you escaped. And she said, um, there are so many celebrities that she knows of personally that are injured but won't come out and they will not come out because it's career suicide. Yes. As um, there's a lot of housewives, you know, you know, you know, like housewives, you know, we know those shows. There's a lot of them. Yep. Uh, there's uh, musicians, actors, all kinds, athletes. Well, you know. Remember what happened to Eric Clapton when he spoke out about his injury? He got bashed and then quit speaking out. Why can't yeah. they just sit here and say, if we do this and they all know that they, they all, all know, it's yeah. like, I don't want to Kelly, Kelly hasn't reached out to us either. Oh. Nancy Mace. Nancy Mace is another one. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, sad. it's really sad that they, I mean, because all it's going to keep happening. If we want to stop seeing these people dying unexpectedly, yeah. suddenly, you know, for no other reason or yeah. all these turbo cancers or anything else, then they have to speak up. I mean, yeah. They can't hide us much longer. They have swept us, erased us, hit us under the rug for the past three years. My God, Kristen, Amy, Holly, they let transgenders on the White House lawn topless. Yeah. Yep. I mean, won't let vaccine and they got video coverage, mainstream media coverage. You know, they cover that. They won't cover oh. us. My God, it makes me want to go to the White House, go streaking across the lawn so I oh, get around. I wish you would. I wish you would. I the story. I would so do that. <laughs> I'll well, video. I'll video. Yeah. <laughs> we, at some point, I have to believe the truth is like a lion. If you yeah. let it loose, it'll eventually roar. Everybody will hear, hear the roar. We we have to just keep talking. We have to keep sharing, guys. If NBC and ABC and even Fox News and 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 you know CNN won't cover these stories, then we have to. You understand? Yeah. We have to, and we have to keep covering it. There's people who might say, "Well, you know." The uptake's down. We can move on now. No, we cannot move on because this they'll do the it pandemic. again. This, 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 they'll do it again. Yeah. This is what I just, there's got to be accountability. And, you know, I know that we're saying 
we can't sue vaccine companies for injury. <clears throat> Even childhood, you got to go through the VAERS court and it's, it's, mm -hmm. and it's not good. It's not good. We have got to rewrite the laws so that you can, because yeah. I, I can tell you right now, as soon as they're deemed liable mm -hmm. and it, it puts them in a financial position, they'll stop doing all this crap. Yeah. They do it because they away with it. Exactly. If the integrations proved into the DNA is going into our DNA, yep. then that's fraud. And then we can. And we can. Because and that's why Steve Kirsch made that post the other day in Warner Mendenhall letting them know that, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's been discovered. It's been found. This is research, published, found. This is evidence. It's not a hearsay or, no. oh, they said this. No, this is no. Fact, evidence, the hard facts. Yeah. And it can't be ignored. So that's why they said go ahead and, you know, find lawyers. There's 90 lawyers. There's a list that Warner Mendenhall and Steve posted that the vaccine injured can go ahead and start to, you know, get acquainted with and get Oh, go! Well, you go take this that. This is office. This is office. I'll call him back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's also you know, one of my providers, y'all. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted me to tell him. you, but yeah, we you love know, him. We, he's we awesome. Love him so much. He's well, so funny too. Me and yeah. him just crack up the whole time. You know what? Oh, so real. You know what he is. He's real, right? I think real. Much. Yeah. That's why we like him. I'd want him to be my doctor because I trust mm -hmm. him. I trust real people, you know. Yeah. And he's got a real heart. That's the other yeah. thing, Doctor McCall. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Lindsay, yeah. we appreciate you. We're going to let you go take care of your business, but we thank <laughs> you for being. And listen, anytime there's some breaking news or things that you know, because you're right there on the front lines of all this, let us know. We'll bring you yeah. back on and talk about it. Well, we want to do our part in supporting you guys in making sure everyone knows and everyone knows how to support the fight yes. financially and otherwise. And and we're and we're going to win. I'm just going to say are. win because we won't stop until we do. We're not, gotta we got to yeah. save the children now. If there's, if we don't do this now, there's not going to be a future, honestly. Um, this is it. This is the big battle. This is the big shebang. We're in it now. We were the trials, y'all. Put that in your yep. brains. Yep. We are the trials, and this this is war. We're, we're coming for you. I just hate to say oh, yeah. oh, let me flash this paper. And what I mean oh, by yeah, saying I'm coming for you, it's not a threat. It's the wrong <laughs> and yes. so what, tell them what you're flashing for everyone to see Lindsay. so right now it's the united states district court criminal complaint so i have started the process of that and so yes. a lot of others so be prepared, be prepared. if you're on my way coming for you <laughs> hey, we're here for it and um and listen, we're going to be praying for you, continue to pray for you guys. Everyone out there, yeah. pray for Lindsay and Bree and all these vaccine-injured yeah. people. Um, it's the least we can do, you know, yeah. because we need to help them um, get well and get back to their lives. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. you can, I mean, not everyone's going to be watching this. We do put these on Rumble uh, or some of our episodes on Rumble. We'll put this one on there. But, you know, they, it's been a massive struggle. Like yeah. just to put one foot in front of the other every day. And, but Lindsay, you're so sharp and so smart that, I, and you know, you had one moment where you said, I'm having brain fog, but like, I've honestly, come a I, long ways. Like last year, you, I couldn't even have a conversation with Kristen Arbley. Like my brain wasn't working. Yeah. yeah. But the, the where you are now is so encouraging. And that's, it and is. I, 
so happy to see it. So keep fighting, girl. We got your back. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Share this episode. Subscribe. Give us a five-star review if you just appreciate what we're sharing. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, again, let's just get the word out. Let's do all we can, okay? All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye.